Well, thank you so much, worship team, for leading us in a musical worship. Well, I have the privilege this morning to speak to us on our uh, third installment of our Just a Phase uh, uh, series. What is a phase? What are we talking about when we say the word phase? Uh, A phase is a time frame in a child's life when you can leverage distinctive opportunities to influence their future. And as it was said in the past with Annie or Pastor Ike and Maria, that, uh, that sometimes we, we have this uh, negative outlook on these phases. It, we say, oh man, this, this phase, I cannot wait to get through it. We say the biblical uh, way of looking at it would be like, it's just a phase. Don't miss it. Embrace it. Experience it. And so that is our take on this, and we hope that you are blessed through this perspective. And so today, I want to look at how technology plays a role in the development of our young ones. Looking at how to protect our children and, uh, from potential dangers, and how to use technology to, to our advantage. And I don't know if any of you guys remember this relic here. You guys remember this? Like, what's this thing for? I don't know. Uh, so... This is called a telephone, and it's got these buttons. No, no screen. Bought this from Value Village. Um, I don't think this person was too popular. Uh, they only got three people saved, Paul, Linda, and Susan. But, but they sound like phenomenal people. Maybe those are the only people you really need to know. Um, yeah, remember those days where you actually had to memorize numbers? Who here still has those, have some numbers memorized? Yeah, right? That's something else. Like when you'd have to, you know, back then as a teenager, before I was a Christian, when you were prank calling people, you know, like you actually had to work for it. Like you would get together, guys, where's your parents' phone book? <laughs> I got a good one. You know, I read it in a book in the library. Let's go, let's go prank phone. Nowadays, it's like so effortlessly. Text Dan. Hey, Dan, comma. Your car is on fire. Ready to send it. Consider it done. (laughs) So, like, it's so easy to do nowadays. I don't even think he's in church today. (laughs) I'm pretty sure he knows I'm preaching. It should be cool. You don't have to be... (laughs) Oh, boy. Um, You don't have to be Bob Dylan to know that in the last 20 years, times have changed. They've changed drastically. And... uh, from, uh, and I'm going to throw some statistics out at you just to, you know, get some uh, uh, context here, okay? So the first number is of an important one. July uh, 2015, the total worldwide population was 7.3 billion people, okay? So 7.3 billion people. So every other statistic after this, always view that in the context of 7.3 billion people, okay? The Internet has 3.17 Users, okay? Oh, sorry, three, yeah, three people. Uh, I don't know who the point one seven is. Uh, maybe it's a baby, I don't know. Uh, so, no, 3.17 billion people, okay? It's almost half. So, and 2.3 billion are active social media users. Social media users 
have risen by 176 million in the last year. 176 million in the last year. One million new active uh, mobile social users are added every single day. That's 12 people per second. 12 people. 12 people. 12 people. Think about that. It's crazy. Facebook alone manages 60 billion, not million, they manage 60 billion messages, not a year, every single day. 7.3 billion people on earth. Think about that. Whether we accept it or not, technology is a huge driving force in our world. Now, we have a choice. What do we do with this? Uh, do we lock ourselves up and become senile and f- try to uh, forget that this exists, uh, be naive, and just don't worry about it? Or do we learn? Do we un- uh, le- uh, move forward to understand and, and wrap our minds around the pros and cons uh, of technology? Now, I want to be very careful uh, with how I present today, because what I do not want to do today is I don't want you leaving here more afraid about technology, okay? I think we have legitimate concerns, but do not be afraid of technology, okay? So, with that being said, um, I want us to engage technology, and I want us to have it, uh, use it to work for us, not against us. And I believe with all my heart, we can do that. Uh, I want us to remember that even though times change, technology advances, that our God, the God that we serve, Jesus Christ, he never, ever changes. And in scripture we can read in Hebrews chapter 13, verse 8, this reassuring verse, that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. doesn't matter if we're going to have this hollow graphic friend transmitted from our belt buckle that follows us around along with drones constantly taking videos for YouTube. doesn't matter how far we advance into the future, the truth of Jesus Christ is absolute truth and nothing will ever change that. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we want to thank you so much that uh, today on Father's Day that, uh, that we get to just celebrate Not only our earthly fathers, but we get to celebrate you, the perfect father, the father who's given us grace. And as we look into your word today, and as we look at these, the world that we live in today, and the technological force that we're in, God, just instill in us this uh, comfort of knowing that you are in control, and give us the the, the wisdom and how to harness these tools, and use them not to just survive, but use them to bring you glory. In your name we pray, amen. All right, so... My plan today is I'm going to go through each of those sections, preschool, elementary, middle school, and high school. If you hadn't had the chance yet to check those out, I would just encourage you to do that because Annie has loaded them with with wonderful uh, resources that we can use. All right, so first one I want to tackle is preschool. Preschool, what do you do? Uh, What what should a preschool's life look like? How should they interact with uh, technology? If your preschooler has an Instagram account, probably went too far, scale it back a few years, okay? Uh, I'm being a little facetious there. No, but seriously, yeah. Let me know if that happened. I'll I'll follow them. Uh, So, uh, for preschoolers, if... um, 
One thing that I really want to encourage you guys with is there, there is a line somewhere between uh, entertaining your child with, with screens and using these things as babysitters. My fear is that that line has, is becoming more and more blurred as, uh, as time progresses. These devices were, were not designed uh, to take care of our children. I know it's so easy sometimes. You just want to push of a button away and you get complete peace, right? And, uh, and I think that sometimes we can take it to an unhealthy level. Uh, it's not meant to be a babysitter. Um, at the preschool age... Uh, Parents, you need to be in complete control of what your kids are experiencing on on these devices. Because if they're overused, there are some dangers that we'll have to to work around uh, or accept. There was an article done in the New York Post that suggests that iPads, smartphones, and Xboxes are a form of digital drug. And and I'll unpack this a little bit. I'm going to quote a little bit from this article. Uh, This addictive effect is why Dr. Uh, Peter Wybro, director of neuroscience at UCLA, calls screens electronic cocaine, and Chinese researchers call them digital heroin. In fact, Dr. Uh, Andrew uh, Doan, the head of the addiction research of the Pentagon and the U.S. Navy, uh, who has been researching video game addiction, calls video games and screen technologies digital uh, pharmakeia which is the Greek word for drug, okay? So before you freak out now and throw your devices into the the garbage and start World War III in your households, I want you to consider also some of the benefits. This is an extreme case here, okay, Where, where, where this can happen, okay? If you don't have rules and you have just limitless access to these things, these are, this is some of the danger that we have to deal with, okay? So... Some of the positive uh, things that devices can do for our preschoolers in a, uh, a healthy, controlled atmosphere are uh, for children younger than preschool age, uh, electronic devices can help stimulate the senses and imagination. Uh, some of them can help promote listening ability, uh, learning sounds, speech. Electronic devices and games may actually encourage cognitive learning and the development of analytical skills. So uh, this may in turn help children be, uh, build innovative thinking and investigation skills, strategic thinking, and also creativity. Okay, so it's not all bad when used in moderation. And I think that's often going to be the word I'm going to say today is moderation. Moderation. Use wisdom with how we use these things. I'm going to give you guys some tips as it pertains to preschoolers. Okay, um, have screen-free zones in your house. Okay, have some dead zones. There's nothing wrong with having places in your home where devices don't need to go. Uh, if I can make a suggestion, one that we implement in our household is our kitchen table. Uh, as a youth pastor, someone who uh, often gets texts and phone calls from, from uh, teenagers who, who are in need of attention, you know, sometimes it is difficult. But that's just one thing that we've decided, that our kitchen table is going to be a time of engaging and building community, Right? Um, also, limit your kids' time. Uh, don't give them a device and, and, not, and just not worry about it, right? Make sure that, that, that there's a, a limited amount of time that they can spend on it. It's healthy for a child to know that there are limits to the things that they can do, especially with screen time. Another thing, parents, model technologi- good technological habits. 
Don't check your phone every five minutes. Um, spend more time with your children than you do on your device or computer. Um, and for parents like myself also, who like to take pictures of everything, uh, make sure that you, um, when, that when you're taking pictures of your children, make sure that you don't miss the real moment in order to capture a digital one, okay? Make sure you don't miss the real moment in order to just capture the digital one. Let's jump over to elementary. Uh, they may not have asked quite yet in elementary school, but I can guarantee you that on the forefront of their mind, they're wondering when they will be able to get their own phone, okay? They're wondering. Um, to have their own social media profiles, to interact with their friends online, it's a very appealing thing for them at this age. The pressure is very, very real. Start the conversation about technology already, okay? Now, and also begin to set clear expectations about um, when that could actually happen, okay? Because if you really think about it, uh, kids know that when they're 16, they're going to get their driver's license. And so it gives them something to look forward to. Give them a technological license. Hey, by the age of blank, you know, whatever you decide is a, is a good time, this is, this is what you get to work up to. This is when you're going to have it. it. It's healthy for them to look forward to that. Give them the technology license. Uh, it helps build positive experience and, and uh, yeah, and keep, keep them uh, informed with all that stuff. So be clear about it and, and do the best of your ability, uh, and in the best of your ability, paint the picture that both of you have the same goal in mind, and that is to have a good experience with technology, okay? Because if kids are just seeing you demonize it the whole time, then, then they're going to automatically see you as being hostile to to their uh, technological autonomy, okay? So, establishing rules. Make sure the rules are very clear for elementary students, okay? They need to know the rules. It's not a good idea to give them full range to buy apps whenever they feel they want to. Don't give them app purchasing uh, abilities, okay? Do that with them. Have them explain to you why they think the app would be good for them, okay? I know they'll feel a little annoyed with that, but it's, it's, it's healthy. Another important rule I want to throw out there is to encourage your kids never, ever, ever, ever post important information. Information like phone numbers, addresses. Even be cautious with where you take pictures, okay? These are things, you don't know who's on the receiving end, and there are a lot of people out there that... Uh, that mean our children harm, and so we need to be conscious of that stuff. Uh, the next thing I want to talk about, there's four rules at the elementary level. I want us to be very clear uh, with communicating with our children. The first rule, first danger, I should say, that uh, we should be communicating is the danger of pornography, okay? Porn sites receive more regular traffic than uh, Netflix, Amazon, and Twitter combined, according to a Huffington Post study, Okay? Netflix, Amazon, and Twitter combined. 34% of internet users have been exposed to unwanted porn via ads and pop-ups. Uh, at least 30% of the data transferred across the internet is porn-related. Almost 30% of all the data online is porn-related. 
So start that conversation with them. Chapter, uh, not chapter, uh, point number two. So first one was porn. Number two is violence. It is so easy to access um, things that are violent online, even YouTube. And, you know, back in the day when we only had television, uh, all the things that were broadcasted, they, they, were, they all had um, filters that they had to go through. They had ratings to adhere to. The Internet, not so much. And so it's important for us to realize that there are things on there that are very, very violent, and we need to understand what our kids are seeing, okay? It's very easy to access. Number three, which is a big one, is bullying, so number two, the first danger, porn. Number two is violence. Number three is bullying. Nearly 43%, that's almost half, of kids have been bullied online. One in four um, has had it happen more than once. Almost half of kids have been bullied online. Um, so point number four. Contact with strangers. This is an absolute no-no. More than 500,000 predators are online every single day. Kids 12 to 15 are susceptible to being groomed and manipulated by uh, offenders online. The FBI statistics show that more than 50% of victims of online sexual exploitation are 12 to 15 years old. 89% of all sexual advances towards our children take place in internet chat rooms and through instant messaging. So parents, you have every right, every license to stay curious. Stay curious. Ask questions. Get involved. Okay? All right. So those are some pretty good reasons to protect your kids. Middle school. Uh, your grade sixer may seem very tech savvy at this point. Okay? They may seem like they have it together, but they do not, but they're not life savvy. They may be tech savvy, but that doesn't mean that they're life savvy, okay? They may know how to jailbreak a phone, but that doesn't mean that they'll know how to manage emotions in, 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 or manage situations in life. And so we have to remember that. They might want complete freedom online, but that's, that doesn't mean that they're actually ready for it, okay? Don't make privacy something that you're taking away from them. Make privacy something that you and them are actually working towards. We have to remember, we're, we are raising our children to be completely independent. Because there will be a time very soon where you won't, you won't have this ability to, to reach into their lives and train them, okay? Do it in the safety of your homes, okay? Make it something you're both striving towards. All right, so uh, some of the things that we can do, have clear limits and expectations on mobile devices. Um, if I can make a suggestion here this morning, um, if you're thinking about giving your teen a mobile device, uh, this is a large copy of it. Don't worry, they don't all look like this. This is probably the one I'm going to give to my kids, um, just because I'm cruel. A cell phone agreement, a contract, okay? Uh, you have a goal here. Uh, for you to have zero restrictions on your cell phone by the time you leave the house, that's the goal, which is good. Reality, we believe that you're, uh, that you're ready for some access to a phone, and we want you to uh, gain more freedom over time by making wise choices to help you make those choices. Let's agree that, and then there's a bunch of things here. And, um, and, and I would definitely encourage you guys to check it out. We have a few there at the middle school uh, uh, display. 
And, and if uh, we have run out, I know a lot of parents were very interested, interested in the first service. We will make more for you and we'll post them up online on our website so that you'll be able to print them yourselves. I think this is a very healthy and interactive way that you can engage your kids uh, uh, with, with uh, mobile devices. Okay. Leverage technology for your relationship, okay? So what I mean by that is, you know, text your kids. Like, their friends are texting them. I know you live in the same house, but text them encouragement once in a while. Uh, sometimes teenagers open up more in, uh, on those platforms. But if I can make a suggestion also, we want to teach our kids healthy social skills, which is going down the tube right now. Okay, our kids do not even have, they don't even know what phone etiquette is. It's, it's hilarious. Uh, I remember, like, when I talk to someone on the phone, I'm always like, uh, when you, saying bye to someone is always the most important thing, right? Because, like, uh, okay, we're going to um, the marina. Okay, sounds good. I'll see you there. And they say, yeah, we'll see you there. Okay, see ya. See ya. Bye. Bye. You know, I mean, there's some unnecessary buys in there, but it just felt closed, right? And you, you closed it up. Um, a junior higher nowadays. So uh, I'll go to the marina. Yep. Okay, bye. And it's like, whoa, I just felt so empty there. I feel like it, there should be more buys in there. Like there's a there's certain thing. I mean, I'm being a little facetious here, but uh, social, socially, our, our, we need to teach our kids to not just rely on social media in order to communicate. We need to teach them also how to have, you know, conversations with people. So when you, when you text with your kids, when you interact through social media, make sure you follow up, you debrief. Hey, we had a pretty big conversation on text. Um, just want to say that I am here for you. And, uh, you know, debrief and, and talk to them. Close it up in person, okay? Um, so, yeah. Social, start social media accounts together. I don't know how thrilled they'll be about that, but I, I think that that would be a good suggestion. Follow them online and do it respectfully, right? <laughs> um, sometimes it's so easy to be the, uh, you know, the hovering eagle mom. And as soon as your kids post something, oh, you're such a beautiful person. It's like, mom, you know, like, give them a little space, right? Like, what are you wearing in that picture? You know, like, you know, have a conversation. Don't, don't embarrass them. Don't shame them online, you know, because... Guarantee you that's probably going to place a wedge in your relationship. So do that respectfully. Uh, have, have conversation about those things. Don't embarrass them. Talk to them openly about the things that they're posting. Um, I loved what Pastor Ike and Maria said uh, when they were speaking two weeks ago. They had stressed uh, for parents to, uh, to, train, to train your kids to not post for likes. Don't make likes the motivation for what your kids post, okay? Uh, we don't want teens to base their identity on their filtered pictures. Uh, we should be raising our children to accept and love our unfiltered selves because that is who God created us to be. And we need to celebrate those things, okay? We want their identity to be rooted in Christ, not in their uh, social media popularity. I cannot stress enough how important this stage of development is in your teenager, not just in social media, but in almost every aspect, spiritually, physically. I mean, it is such a key, uh, key 
key part in their lives. The end game of all of this is we want our kids, we want our teens to be independent, mature, responsible, and fully devoted uh, followers of Jesus. Now, social media can be a drug if it is misused, and we just need to be aware of that, that there is a danger, there is a concern in this, okay? I don't want us to all just completely freak out because there's actually concerns and dangers with driving cars, but that doesn't mean we don't <laughs> drive cars. We just do it in moderate, well, I mean, I guess it doesn't matter in moderation. If you want to pay gas prices, that's fine, but we do it respectfully, and we, we follow laws, and we follow rules, right? In the same way, we need to do the same thing with technology. So through neuroeconomics, which is the relationship between biology, uh, neuroscience, and, and um, psychology, they did some experiments, uh, MRI-based experiments, where they, uh, had, they, they took brain readings. They were looking at what the brain was doing when a person was on social media. So with people who were on Twitter and on Facebook, the findings concluded that they were treating these relationships the same way that they would with real life relationships. Their brain was doing the exact same thing, okay? People who are addicted to social media will have generally two chemicals be released. The first chemical is called oxytocin. Oxytocin is the same chemical that is released when a mother is bonding with her baby. It's the same chemical that's released when you're eating your favorite food, when you get lots of money, when Pastor Ike walks into the room, it's just a few, few good chemicals, okay? Uh, so <laughs> the brain also releases another chemical. The chemical is called dopamine, okay? Dopamine. Um, this happens, it is triggered when there's a buildup of anticipation and then rewards. It's the exact same chemical that is released when a person is addicted to uh, smoking, drinking, and gambling. Dopamine is the exact same chemical that's released when someone smokes, drinks, and gambles. Smoking and drinking and gambling in our society, we have age restrictions for those things. We have no age restrictions for these things, okay? And most alcoholics or people with addictions will tell you that they started those addictions when? When they were a teenager. Why? Well, when you're a teenager, there's a lot of uncertainty that happens, a lot of extra stress and anxiety. Well, when you get addicted to something like smoking, drinking, or gambling, your brain releases the feel-good drug of dopamine and helps take the edge off. We would never in a million years, at least I hope we wouldn't, Take her adolescence, take him downstairs, or take him somewhere, open up the liquor cabinet and say, hey, if this whole adolescence thing gets you down. But yet at the same time, we, there's almost no age restrictions with social media. So who, who's regulating these things? Who's regulating these things? Okay. Uh, it's the, the great feeling that you get, the positive feeling that you, uh, the, the great feeling that you get when there's a positive uh, comment on a picture that you posted, or a uh, uh, or a bunch of likes uh, when you when you when you post a selfie or something. The feel good, the the feeling is there because every time uh, so you get a notification like that, a part of your brain called the the nucleus accumbens lights up. And, and, it, uh, and it gives you a sense of gratification. And this is what causes the addiction for people with social media. 
these are just some of the areas that, that light up in your brain uh, when, when people are addicted to drugs. The problem comes in with, uh, in as teens begin to rely on that shot of dopamine every time they get that like. It's an extra like. It's an extra shot. It helps take the edge off. Uh, however, studies have also shown that when done in moderation, social media is not always a bad thing. Uh, in many cases, it stretches your brain as you are able to sort information uh, more, more quickly and more efficiently. Uh, it builds new connections, uh, affiliations with people and, organi and organizations that benefit you. Uh, it, it builds, yeah, it causes these networks to happen. So it's not all bad. These are just some of the risks that you take uh, when you open up your home to unregulated internet use and, and social media. So when your teen, junior hire, senior hire is going through some stress and they want to turn, uh, you know, it's, it's good to teach them to turn to God and to people in our church community. Uh, we don't want them to become hardwired to rely on things like social media. High school. Is every high schooler ready for complete uh, independence in the world of social media just because they're in high school? I would say not necessarily. Just like every 16-year-old isn't necessarily ready for driving, uh, it, it doesn't mean that these students are ready to, to have complete independence in the world of social media and technology, okay? So they will be pushing back on things like passwords. They'll be pushing back on things like social media accounts and things like that. And if over the years they've earned their trust, then give them freedom. Absolutely. Use your wisdom. And if they are not in that place where they can get that freedom, have a conversation with them on how... Uh, on what steps to take so that you can get them there, okay? Always, always remind them that you two, are, you're on the same team. You're, you're moving towards the same goals. You're not butting heads, okay? So over the years, uh, if, if they've earned that trust, give it to them. Give them space to practice in the safety of your home. Have clear limits and expectations for technology in the same way that you would with driving. You should always have access to their phone. Um, do it to protect them, not to control them, okay? Um, I think that they're, 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 there's two different hearts there, okay? Do it to protect them, not to control them. Keep your motives in check. Never let a, 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 high, school, a high schooler have a dating app. That should go without saying uh, without saying, because dating apps are, are not healthy in any respect. Uh, share uh, an online calendar. Uh, leverage technology to connect uh, to a bigger cause. You know, teach them how to use technology to do great things. You could, um, you know, do a video together to raise awareness for a cause, a sponsor child. Maybe you two can figure out on what it would look like to start a GoFundMe account for someone in need. There's so many things that we could do together with our kids where we can teach them on how to take something like technology and use it to glorify God. Okay? So there's a lot of things that you can do with your, uh, with your teenagers uh, to work towards that. So uh, also dialogue about the future. Uh, remind them all the time that uh, more and more people who are hiring are, are also 
creeping people's Facebooks to see what type of character they have. So if you're posting a lot of junk and you're going to get a job, you may have an amazing resume, but if they check your social media platform and it's junky, you may not get the job. So just remind teenagers that there are repercussions to certain things like that. Stay informed, stay involved, and keep the conversation going. One of the dangers of technology is that it gives us an opportunity to create a false reality of ourselves. This is one of my big concerns, is that we create a false narrative of ourselves. Uh, we, you know, if you want to seem super spiritual, you just need to take an up-close picture of the Bible verse, underline it a lot, put little notes on the side, hashtag it, devotional, uh, put some really cool filters on it, uh, make you look super disciplined, Right? Is that a reflection of reality? It doesn't have to. Just crack open your Bible, take the picture, and, and, and type that stuff in. It's very easy now to create a false reality with all the platforms that we have. And we have to be very keen, especially as parents. What are, what are our teens doing? Uh, because this has the... Uh, Potential to create more anxiety. Your teenagers are already going through uh, a lot of stress because they're constantly thinking about the future. Am I going to get into this school? And now they've built themselves up on social media to be the, this person. And so now when they go into class, if they can't meet up to those standards, that is very difficult for teenagers to reconcile. So we have to understand that. And we have to communicate those things too. I think that if we raise our children believing with all, with all our hearts that we're made in God's image, according to Genesis chapter 127, that we're made in his likeness image, Tzalem uh, and Demuth, those are the two Hebrew words you put together, it supercharges the meaning of, of, uh, of, of image. And if your identity is rooted in the image of God, suddenly having some likes on a social media account doesn't do anything for you because you know that doesn't matter how many likes or, or dislikes you get, you're made in God's image. And if that's rooted in our children, it helps our cause. It's good to teach them that God intentionally created us with the purpose, that we are fearfully and wonderfully made, according to Gen- uh, sorry, uh, Psalm 139, verse 14. Those are the truths that we need to condition our young ones' hearts with. These are the truths that will never change. They're absolute. And no matter how much our world will change, no matter how much uh, our, technology, our technology will advance, those are the things that we will always be able to go back, go back to. These are the truths that will always be around. So raising our kids with this in mind, I believe will foster a fully devoted uh, child for Christ in a very technological world. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for, um, for placing us in this time and in this space where we're, uh, uh, we're able to spread the gospel so efficiently now. And there's so many things that we can do that we couldn't do before. But God, we also recognize and acknowledge that there are dangers. Lord, we pray right now for wisdom uh, that as our technological world advances, that, uh, that we will be able to understand it through the biblical worldview and use it to work uh, for us <clears throat> and not against us. And God, we pray, again, just, just for wisdom uh, in, in, uh, in uh, training our kids to, uh, to, to manage these things appropriately and, uh, and for your glory. Thank you so much in your name. Amen. Thank you. You are all dismissed. Have a wonderful Father's Day.